So all this technology evolution made us think outside the box, learning also from other industries and also being more creative. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Macero. Today, I am super excited to talk with Ikram Gard about building an efficient marketing campaign and the evolution of the MarTech industry today. So, Ingram, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Do you want to take a moment and give our listeners an update on yourself, your current role today, and just a general background of, of uh, your expertise in this in this arena? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the invite to join you today. I'm really, really excited to be part of the community and to have this opportunity to share my experience with our listeners. So um, let me share a quick story with you. Uh, when I was young, my dream was to become a pediatrician. And uh, at that time, my level in science wasn't sufficient. So I switched to my other passion, which is traveling. And I graduated in international trade. And that was 20 years ago. So then I could combine traveling with work because I love speaking other languages, connecting with other cultures and learning from them. So that's pretty cool at the end. But then I had this amazing opportunity to join Procter & Gamble in Paris, France, where I'm from. And that's really where I have been exposed to real marketing. And that experience gave me inspiration on what I should be doing for the rest of my life. I had the chance to meet and work with amazing marketing talents who definitely shared their passion with me, and it just stuck with me since then. And I became totally converted to marketing. So after that experience, I got my master's in strategical marketing and communication. I have found a two-month opportunity in the healthcare industry as a product manager. Then those two last months became five years in this pharma company where I had different marketing roles and responsibility. And since then, I kept growing, moving from pharma to home care, and then finally to medical device and diagnostics. That's when I joined Danaher 10 years ago, and I worked for companies like Radiometer and Beckman Coulter, which is my most recent. And just to close the loop on my story, when I was a product manager at Radiometer for our monitoring device, my main target audience was the NICU department in the hospital, so the neonatal intensive care unit. And I got to spend a lot of time there visiting and interacting with physician, pediatrician, and nurses to understand their needs, pain points, and how can we bring them a solution to their daily challenges. So I finally get my chance to get closer to my dream in working hands in hands with pediatrician and helping them taking care of babies. And that experience meant a lot to me. That was the beauty of my job. So if you have a dream, just hold on to it and it will happen one way or another. You just need to be patient. And my experience back then at Radio Metal France brought me also to the US six years ago when we implemented a successful go-to-market uh, strategy for our monitoring business in the home care market. So that was the industry where I came from prior to joining Radio Radiometer. And it happened to be a great new segment for the company with a lot of potential, and not only in France. So I moved to the US to join the Radiometer America team as a product manager and then as a group product manager, leading a team of five. It was an amazing experience to bring my skill set, 
to learn from the North American market and to work on synergies with Europe, where I came from, and to really highlight those market differences with added value that I can share with other regions. That experience was very insightful. So after most of my career in product management, like 15 years, I moved to Beckman Culture Diagnostic to really take over and build a Markham team to support our customer communication through campaigns, internal engagement with our sales organization, managing our MarTech stack, trade shows and events, and so many other activities. It was really fun. And in summary, I will just say from product manager to Markham, I really had a chance to experience the full scope of what is a marketer, getting insight from customers through voice of customer, from sales, working on data analytics, survey, market survey, forecast, value proposition, messaging campaigns, platform integration, and so on. And um, yeah, I can just say that uh, working with those all different and amazing organizations, I definitely learned a lot about the industry, the customers, physician, lab, C-suite, and also the marketing approaches that can be applied specifically to this industry, which is very different from where I started, which was in B2C. So I get a chance to connect with my dream, to travel and work in a different cultural environment, which I enjoy a lot. So that's the reason why I love marketing, to get to work cross-functionally with all departments, to get to make an impact. And every day is so different and you are never bored. And yeah, my marketing journey doesn't stop here. I still have probably 20 more years to keep growing in this area. And I'm really looking forward to it. Wow, that's that's a wonderful background. And I think anytime you can connect your passions with work, which is very, very difficult to do, I think in most industries, but marketing and, and data and software really allow you to, to flex your Flex your wings, for lack of a better word, and, and explore different re- avenues and revenues. My my can't, my industry started off with automotive, so that's where my passion in marketing and advertising came into play, and it's it's evolved ever since. So, congrats to you for a, a very well first career thus far. So, awesome background. Let's get into some of the you, specific questions, if you don't mind. But that was a, that was a great. That's hard to beat. I don't know if we can sure. we can beat that one. So, just curious, you know, when you look at the evolution, you've been doing this for twenty years. What are your thoughts of the evolution of the marketing landscape since you first started, especially when you think about the evolution of the marketing stack today and all the different components that go into building a marketing MarTech stack at companies? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Mark. Thank you so much for this one. It's very interesting uh, to see the evolution because I have seen throughout my almost 20 years of experience, I have seen so much evolution in the marketing landscape. Uh, not only across my years of experience, but also across the regions where I worked in Europe and in the US. So back then, 20 years ago when I started, and that doesn't make me doesn't make me look younger right now, um, but I can I can really say that we were t- talking and developing our marketing strategy and plans in a very traditional way, and we were a very at the beginning of internet. And digital marketing wasn't even a buzzword at that time. So it's, it's really interesting to see uh, how it evolves in a very short amount of time. At the end of the day, 20 years, it's not that long. And I remember when we were working on our marketing plans, a lot of our activities were having printed ads, brochures, printed flyers, being physically on trade shows, 
And it was like, as I mentioned, it was the very beginning of digital marketing with Web 1.0 when Google was just a search tool online. And then a little bit later, around 2004, uh, when Web 2.0 came and allowing users to interact with others. Now we just take it for granted. But it was like very exciting. It was new technology. Uh, social media also came. But it was more on the network networking side. And it evolves throughout the years, as we know the story, uh, to become more also like a business channel to engage with our customers. I remember our very first email blast using platforms like MailChimp and how GDPR wasn't a topic at that time. And all of that evolution brings uh, also new way of thinking and also new regulation, like new regulation in, in regards to um, data privacy um, that comes nat naturally with new technology, which is, which is a good thing. And as a marketer, you need to, to stay on top of it because it really impacts the way you are working and also the customer experience. So over, over time, I would say adding more digital into a marketing strategy as the technology was developing was really exciting. Uh, when you, we started building more powerful web websites, thinking about all customer touch points, developing CTAs with forms, uh, email blasts, webinar was something new. So all this technology evolution made us think outside the box, learning also from other industries and also being more creative. How can we use what is used in B2C where they are sometimes ahead? Or uh, just the way we work as an individual or we interact with others and how can we use that in a B2B environment? And I really enjoyed that transition to digital marketing and being able to see immediate results for our campaigns. I would say that at that time also, it's interesting to see how we had different systems isolated, like how we have our CRM and our CRM didn't talk to any other systems. So a lot of manual work that now when you think about it, it's amazing to see all the opportunities we have. We have access to so many data in real time. We have access to so many tools and systems that can talk to each other and be integrated. And this is so valuable to get this better picture of the market, of your customers, and being able to make the right decision in a more proactive way than just being reactive. So yeah, there's so much going on. The evolution, like all those technologies are evolving so quickly. So you really need to be on top of it. And I just feel like sometimes we are overwhelmed with the amount of information. Uh, so that's also something that you need to like um, uh, work around and see how can you really focus on what is important because there's so much data, so much information, so much tools available uh, now. And I, as a marketer, you cannot really work without any digital marketing or MarTech stack to be connected with your customers anymore. So you really need to make sure that you have that, which is now a central piece of your marketing plan. And a lot of traditional marketing platform disappeared. They all they had to really embrace the digital marketing. And I find it super fascinating to see all this innovation and um, where we are right now. So that's, that's really, I think that's really interesting. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the future because every day there's something new coming up. And we all live as an individual, we all live in a digital era. 
So you like it, you don't like it. We have to, to, to live in it and you have to be embracing it. So now more than ever, you need to be connected with your customers to engage with them more often to know about, to know more about their buying habits and know more about what they like, what they don't like. So you can really have a more personalized strategy, which will have more impact. And it's, it's important as a marketer, marketer to keep yourself up to date on what's going on. And um, especially now with automation and AI that is everywhere, not only at work, but also in our personal life. So yeah, I'm excited about the future. Yep. Great answer. I, I agree. I think the personalization aspect of the transition from B to C components, right, where B to B is today is, is, is just astronomical. Uh, and, the, and we're just getting started on the ability to really personalize uh, different touch points across B2B. And that's, that's exciting for me as well. So I agree. So moving on as a marketer, when you build out your campaigns, walk us through quickly, just, you know, how do you, what's the process look like of building out an efficient campaign, you know, from start to finish? What are those key points you look at? Okay. I like this question. And that's definitely one of the aspects of marketing I enjoy the most that combines communication, strategy, execution, analytics. And I don't have one straight answer just because there's specific steps, but I'm happy to share at least um, some kind of standard of work, a framework I'm using. So first, it's really about getting your team and the broader marketing team working together and understanding what is the definition of a campaign. I know it seems very basic, but that's definitely something that is needed as a foundation. Because I remember sometimes where... Um, I've been asked, oh, can you help me? I need to create a flyer. I need to, be, to work on a webinar uh, for my campaign. And I was like, I'm happy to help you, but that's not a campaign. I need, like, walk me through what are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? What are your target audiences? Timeline, priorities, what is your messaging? And how do you measure success? So having the right clear definition that everybody's using. And that helps a lot framing all the questions uh, and understanding the scope so you can work on your campaigns. So I worked on guiding the team to really uh, understand the full scope of the project, the background, target audience, the reason why we need to develop new content, or maybe we can recycle some existing content. And how we are going to measure success. Are we talking about lead generation, brand awareness, revenue? And is it aligned with the organization's goal? and the marketing plan. So this first step is critical. So that's why I'm spending a little bit more time on that to really kickstart any campaign. And then uh, I would say, make sure that you have a clear understanding of your budget. Uh, so that's another piece of the puzzle early on that you, you need to work together to have the right and realistic expectation. And that will help in looking for the right channels and being able to um, be more creative, if you can, if the budget is not a limitation. Third, uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, but having the right target audience. So you need to have a clean list, understanding who they are, who are the personas, their challenges, pain points, and what are we offering as a solution? So that is going back to customer insights, voice of customer. All of this information will definitely help to get a better picture of your audience uh, and what type of content they're interested in and where usually they are searching for that type of information. You need to understand how your customers is consuming content. It's very, very valuable 
and understanding the customer journey as well. So you can select then the right channels and making sure that you build the right content. Once you have that, you can start working on the value proposition if you don't already have one. And the messaging that needs to be impactful and consistent across all channels you'll be using for this campaign. Uh, that's really when you start um, ideate, getting the team together, making sure that you brainstorm with cross-functional teams to really build the right messaging and the communication plan. So I will add to that that from my point of view, I would say that storytelling should be the red thread of a campaign. It's great that you have products that um, are great, but it's better when you have a customer or maybe a patient in healthcare really connecting with your solution, your product, and why is it making an impact? Those type of storytelling will be more engaging because you need to build some emotional connection with your customer. So that is probably the, as part of the ideation coming with a story is very strong and very powerful. Then once you have all those pieces together, the following step is really selecting your channels and media with um, knowing where your target audience will be searching for that type of content. So it's really about finding for your customer, finding the right content in the right place at the right time. And making sure that you have also clear CTAs, call to action, and driving the customer engagement. So once you have all those pieces together, I think you can move forward. Your campaign plan is ready to go. And the final step, not final, but um, just to close the loop on, on the campaign is to measure the performance of your, your activities and be on top of it throughout the duration of the campaign. So making sure, especially on digital marketing, you can have those data right away. If you need to readjust timing, the content, your CTA based on the analytics, you can do it easily. So making sure that you stay on top of it and that as you are also building those measurements, making sure that you also have uh, something to benchmark with, with other campaigns. So you can build jump off points and see if you have been successful and how you, and what good looks like. And just keep growing from your learning and continuously improving your future campaign. And there's one last thing that I will add as part of campaign success is uh, internal engagement. So making sure that you keep your teams engaged, marketing, sales, involve, engage in your campaign with uh, frequent updates on results, whose customer have engaged with your content, what's coming up, just to drive attention to your campaign. And I think that's all those steps and a great cross-functional team will definitely help to have a successful campaign. Love it. Those are all great points, Ingram. Then moving on. So you're obviously overseeing the MarTech stack. What are, what are some key things to remember as you build out a business case for a potential new partnership uh, that would fit in with your existing tech stack? How do you go about, what are those key points that you look at uh, to, to include or consider new integrations, new partnerships? I would say for any new integration and partnership, I can think about three main things to remember as you build your, your business case to present to your senior leadership. The first thing is really about showing the added value that this new integration or this new platform will bring to the organization. Uh, for that, you need to be up to date on all the technologies available on the markets. 
So you need to have a benchmark, in making sure that you evaluate all the options, understanding the full scope of this implementation and why this implementation or integration is key for the organization. So what value will that bring? What problems or pain points into business are we solving? What is the strategic vision of this integration or implementation? Will that require change management? Will that fit to the main organization's goals and priorities? And how is it going to impact the business, the customer, or the organization? So those are the like really understanding what's the added value. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing will be the budget. Budget is always important. So you need to be able to show what will be the budget required, where will that come from, and being able to show some kind of ROI. And the third thing will be the integration of new technologies and how that fits into the existing IT architecture, making sure that it's something, uh, a new platform that is safe. Uh, is it replacing or is it a total new technology? Uh, and how that will be integrated with others, uh, other platforms that the organization is already using, uh, because that will require impact also some kind of change management. So that's something that senior leadership need, needs also to know. Great. Very, very key. That, that's, that's what we kind of hear across the board, I think, is being able to prove out the added value. I think added value goes unlooked a lot of the times, right? Uh, even from the sales perspective and marketing, it's so important to, to make sure that's a focal point. Okay. What are the use cases? What's the budget? How does it fit in? How does it connect? But the value add, is something I think that gets lost in the mix often when we're going through evaluation. So that's a really, really good point, Ingram. Just out of curiosity, with on the basis of, of new integrations, account-based marketing is something that's uh, really exploded over the past five or six years. What do you see as the inherent values of account-based marketing today? I love this question. And when you think about a campaign being su successful um, that we just discussed, that's exactly where ABM fits really well. Uh, as I mentioned, integration of different tools is crucial when we were talking about the evolution of marketing uh, landscape. Now we have the ability to integrate all of our different platforms. So for me, it's really important. And ABM being integrated in the full landscape, it's, it's crucial because it's really about consolidating all key information uh, around our target audience we are focused on, from CRM, from our sales enablement system, from our websites, from our email platform, social media channels. So you need to get all those information that sometimes live in different places and having ABM kind of consolidating all of that and really seeing how all your efforts are making an impact on the specific target audience you're focusing. It's, it's, it's amazing. So you need to make sure that you work closely with operations and sales to make sure that the, the integration of ABM into our uh, tech stack is also some, something that needs to be successful because in, they also need to make sure that it's working uh, and that also the team is embracing it. But I think the implementation is not the phase that is the most critical for me. The most important is really making sure that you have a clear ABM strategy. Yes, all great points again. And I like how you touched on the ABM strategy. Uh, it's a strategy, right? It's, it's, it's not really a, uh, it, it, it's, it's a strategy. It's, it's rethinking the way you do marketing today from a business, business perspective. And sometimes getting that message across 
to marketers, even sales can be challenging. And I'm glad that you touched on the alignment there between marketing and sales, which is great. The next thing I wanted to ask you, moving aside away from the, you know, the MarTech world and the evolution is the marketing team. You've hired many people, I'm sure. What, what's the framework you refer to for identifying and subsequently managing great talent and keeping that talent happy and keeping them in the mix with, with the team? Okay. I really love this question and I'm happy to share my vision and my experience as a people manager. The way I see it is just because we spend so much time at work and even more sometimes than with our own family. So you really have a chance to choose the right partners. And I will start by saying one of the key success is really to find great human beings with most of the skills you're looking for. But most importantly, for me, will be someone with an awesome attitude. You hire people who can be a great fit to the team, someone who can be authentic, who will have a go-do attitude, someone you can trust, someone positive, willing to learn, and ready to make an impact. And passion. Passion is also something important. And then in addition to that, I will say that 50-70% of the profile will be around the skill sets and expertise. And it really depends on the type of role, especially if it requires a particular technical expertise. But if you have someone willing and to learn and who will feel valued in the organization and supported, that's where you start seeing talent shining. People will go above and beyond. That's how I am and, and what drives me, but that's also what I experience with my teams. So I, I cannot really say I have a specific framework I refer to. I trust my guts feeling, uh, but I can add three things. Trust. Trust is the foundation of any relationship and that applies to work as well. It takes time to build trust, but it's so critical for success to have it. And you need to keep it. So then your team feels safe. They can discuss with you openly at any time. And that trust goes both ways. Diversity is also very dear to my heart because it brings so much value to the team. Being myself diverse in many ways, I'm a woman, I'm from Europe. I consider myself as a citizen of the world because I have my diverse ethnic background and so forth. But I don't want clones of myself in the team. I want people who can bring their backgrounds with different ways of thinking, new perspectives, creativity, and who can challenge me. So finding great talents with any type of diversity is fundamental and making sure that once they are onboarded, they also feel included. And the last thing as a people manager is just to be a good listener and be very sensitive to early signs. So you need to listen to their needs to their challenges, understand what drive them, what are their passion and what, so you can allocate time to really have fun, to give them projects where they can really have fun and grow in other areas where they would like to focus for their development plan. So basically with trust, transparent communication both ways and creating an exciting vision as a team and a development plan for each individual, um, that's how you build a great marketing team. And it's not just about hiring them, it's also retaining them, which is also very, very important. Yeah, all great points. They all resonated. I think being a good listener, trust or things that we could take outside of our, our work uh, professional career. But also, the, the, like you said before, in your point, the willingness to learn. We're are in an environment that's constantly changing on a monthly basis, right? So we all have to have an open mind and engage new technology, engage new techniques, selling techniques, marketing techniques, whatever it may be. Those are three great fundamentals, and I think you nailed all three of them. So, so really, really good response. Next, uh, just moving on 
uh, along with the trust and credibility as it relates to MarTech partners? What is important to you and the team as you, those key components that you look at for new partnerships, new integrations? Trust and credibility are for sure very important. Credibility comes with true expertise and also uh, being able to showcase success stories with customers is very important. I can think about three other criteria of selection. Uh, For me, it's important to have a partner who's easy to work with and very agile. I had situation, especially um, when you're implementing a a new technology, where you have so many discussions with vendors. Sometimes you feel like uh, they don't fully understand you, your goals, your challenges, or you don't like, yeah, you, it, it looks like you don't speak the same language, uh, especially when it's getting very, very technical. So having the right people within the vendor company to talk at different level and not just someone highly technical. And it just ends up with so many back and forth uh, discussions and meetings. So someone very that makes those discussion and relationship very easy. Then uh, the other thing is building a community. If uh, a partner is will is willing to help in building a community with other customers who have experienced the same type of implementation and who are willing to share their some best practices and how did they get to success. Uh, I'm very interested in that, being able to have my vendor really willing to help me and also connecting me with other customers so we can also exchange. Uh, so that's something that a partner can leverage and create those connections. And then uh, the last one I can think about is support. And support goes a long way. It's pre, during, and post-implementation. So that's something also very important to make sure that you don't have to, you don't feel like you have to figure it out by yourself at each step of the way. So it needs to be smooth and very easy. And that's also a true indicator of how good a partner is. Ingram, I, I get, I couldn't agree more. I think having that support and the ability to prove out the, how turnkey and seamless this could be, because it, at the end of the day, everyone has other roles outside of implementing new software, new partnerships, mm-hmm. new integration. So that's important to be able to identify what does the support look like? How are you going to walk me through this process? Not only in the beginning, but throughout the year or two years that we're actually utilizing this, this new technology. So those are really, really good points. So Ingram, these are, these are all great. In closing, I just wanted to ask a couple more questions that we ask all of our guests. I think everything you provided here is going to be instrumental to, to individuals that are new to marketing and MarTech or that are, that are seasoned veterans like yourself and, and myself and how we can continue to utilize the basic framework that we learned many, many years ago and help to refine it. So I think you absolutely did a phenomenal job answering those questions. So very insightful. So on a side note, is there a book or a blog or even a newsletter or video that you would recommend to some of our listeners out there for further education or things that you found uh, beneficial in your career? Wow. There are so many resources out there. Uh, and I feel like myself, I subscribe to so many newsletters and the website that it's really difficult to keep track because they all bring great and valuable information. I can talk about books that I'm currently reading and one, one that I'm currently reading and one that I really love and going back to it uh, anytime I need to. Uh, so the, the one I'm reading is Imagine It Forward, uh, Courage, Creativity and the Power of Change by Beth Comstock, um, who is the former G vice chair and CMO. 
and it's very inspirational and um, talks about innovation. So, yeah, take a look at this book. It's, it's really interesting uh, if you ha haven't had the chance to, to read it. And then the one I like a lot and it's very inspirational for me is uh, Lean In, Women, Work and the Will to Lead by uh, Cheryl Sandberg from uh, Facebook. So uh, those are my two recommendations. I'm sure I will have others, but those are the ones uh, that come to my mind right now. That's great. I love that. Just out of curiosity, you know, another question we ask is how can people get in touch with you after this podcast or resources, information? Uh, what's the best way to get in touch with Ingram? Yeah, very happy. And I'd love to connect with all of you to continue the discussion. So they can easily uh, check my LinkedIn profile and just ping me, send me a note, and I'll be happy to, to get back to them. Perfect. I uh, would agree. That's probably one of the best ways. It's a great resource. However, we do get bombarded on LinkedIn quite a bit. So filtering <laughs> through the relevancy can be challenging sometimes, but it's a, it's a great communication tool, uh, hands down. Yeah. And then just last question, anyone else that you've worked with in your career, whether it's a current job or our past life that you'd recommend that we try to bring on the show? I can think about a couple of names. Yeah, I have um, many connections who can definitely bring value to the show and share their experience. And I can send you those names uh, that we can add uh, later. I'm thinking about maybe Blair Hardy, uh, who's a director on the marketing operation at IDT, which is another Danaher company. And he's amazing. He can definitely talk about the MarTech stack more in depth. And I can add a couple of other names I can send you. Great. I actually know Blair fairly well. I've worked, I'm working with him currently on a project and he is an absolute pleasure uh, to speak to every single time. He's a true what gentleman. A small and, word. <laughs> yes. A very, very down in San Diego. He's, he's a wonderful, yes. wonderful guy and very, very well versed in this industry as well. Totally agree. So Ingram, that wraps up our podcast. I, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today and thank you so much for your time and dedication and willingness to share your experience and expertise. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV.